you can change the world. Learn from proven change makers from all walks of life. They'll show you how to raise money, invest for impact, and so much more. You can start small, start today, and never quit. You can change the world by strengthening your superpowers. Now, welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I am so excited. Today, we, we have with us Dana Spain. She is the founder of Veterans Village. And we're going to be talking about her amazing work supporting veterans uh, in her community. And so uh, you don't want to miss this conversation. Uh, Dana, uh, give us a quick overview. I've got a few pictures here that I'll play, but uh, give us a quick overview of the uh, Veterans Village. Well, Devin, thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, Veterans Village came out of a very simple problem. And I, I think we're going to get to the, the superpowers section later in our conversation. But um, the problem that I saw when I was running a small but very mighty homeless shelter for female veterans is that when they put in all the work and did all kinds of enrichment programs, mind, body, spirit, started to make really great positive steps in their lives, government agencies were putting them in abject squalor when they were applying for independent housing. And I, I just couldn't believe the scattered sites and the drug activity and, and crime-ridden areas that our ladies were being put into, especially it, there's affordable housing crisis all across the country. But these are people who have fought for our freedoms and they're being discarded as if they're second-class citizens of citizens at all. So I was very frustrated and finally had enough. I went to my dad, who was alive at the time, Bernard Spain. He was an army vet. And uh, over cocktails, which is where we always did our best business meetings, I said, Dad, I'm just so frustrated. I, we work hard. The ladies work hard. They're veterans. And yet we're throwing them away and then wondering why the cycle of homelessness and bad decisions continues. And he looked me square in the eye, Devin, and he said, uh, yeah, you build buildings for a living. Why don't we build a building that is respectful, safe, affordable housing for our veterans and show the government how it's done? And so Veterans Villages was born. The first Veterans Village, which I'm sure you're going to show pictures of and some, and some of our residents, uh, is called the Bernard Spain Campus as a legacy to my dad because he was really the force behind the idea of let's not talk about it, let's be about it. Let's build brand new construction, just like my market rate apartments, and make it solely for our veterans who are coming out of transitional housing or addiction recovery programs or trauma centers, and have it be a place where our veterans can live together in a community, hence the, the village concept. And if they are having a bad day, if they feel like they're gonna make bad decisions, they have 46 other apartments to go to, to knock on the door and say, I could use a cup of coffee or a shoulder or an ear, or let's watch a ball game together. And it stabilizes a foundation for them from which to thrive. So the cycle does not repeat itself. That really is uh, amazing work, but, Let's talk a little bit. I, I hate to, you know, 
go right at the heart of this, but where does the money for this come from? How do you fund this operation? What is, what's the, how's it work? That, that is, that is this quite literally the $6 million question. Yeah. Uh, and we did it on private corporate and foundation donations, grants, uh, and also traditional funding. And by traditional funding, I truly mean uh, we partnered with a community bank on a construction loan uh, and just went into a semi-perm with them while we're applying for HUD or other agency financing. But it was really done without one cent of city, state, or federal money. No tax credits, uh, no handouts. It was a big lift and continues to be a big lift, which is why it's so important that whenever I do these types of interviews and shows that we welcome your audience to get involved and to visit us at veteransvillage.org because we need everybody's support. It's really Jack, Jill, and Sue Q Public who made Veterans Village happen and will make future village happen. Yeah, that's, uh, it really is inspiring to think about the, the, the way that you have accomplished this. Uh, because it is such a challenge to, to pull together that massive amount of funding and then the ongoing operating costs. Uh, but I think your your point that these veterans deserve it is well made, well made. Um, do you dare highlight some of the folks who stepped up with significant funding for you to uh, recognize the folks that have done some of the big heavy lifting for you? Oh, absolutely. We have some unbelievable partnerships. Uh, and again, being about it, not just talking about it, my family foundation, the Joan and Bernard Spain Family Foundation, stepped up with the first million dollars to get the land acquired and to help with soft costs going in. Because you can't ask other people to donate if you not, are not 100% on board. Speaking of boards, our board of directors has a minimum fiduciary responsibility per year of $10,000 per person so that we can show that our board is just as committed as we are and that we're asking the public to be. And the next one right off the top of my head is Saint-Gobain-Seltensid. They're one of the, if not the oldest corporation in the world um, and happen to have a U.S. headquarters just outside Philadelphia. I can't say enough great things about how that company really stepped up, not only with grant money and you know, in the form of a check here, spend this to get this up and running, but they paid for all of our facade materials in kind, uh, a great new product from Saint-Gobain, saved the project $140,000 minimum. Uh, Dow Tile, same thing, they stepped up and uh, helped us with all of the market rate tile. Again, there's every single apartment has solid wood cabinets, solid surface countertops, brand new appliances, uh, their own heating and cooling, their own washer dryer, their own hot water heater. So we worked with a lot of procurement uh, with the people that we use to put our buildings together uh, and Dow Tile and Saint-Gobain really stepped up. And then some uh, corporations in the uh, veteran space specifically like Amerivets, Quattro Capital out of Washington, D.C., uh, and our community bank, which is First Citizens Community Bank. They are all striking checks 
and telling their friends and getting people involved. Uh, and that's how it has to happen. This is not tin cup philanthropy where you know, we just hand out a silver cup and say, hey, brother, can you spare a dime? This is really about the partnership of if you come to the table with something, how can we partner not only on this village, but looking forward to construction of future villages across the country, we need those national partners and our local partners, obviously, to be able to say, we're gonna support this first village, see how it goes, it's a success, let's do another. Now, as you have alluded a couple of times to the fact that your background is in developing real estate, tell us a little bit about your the context for this work and uh, your, your profession and, and the work that you do as a developer. <laughs> Well, Devin, I have had a very circuitous uh, big girl career, if you will. And this is my third charity as well that I founded. Uh, I started in the, in the animal rescue space with Philadelphia Animal Welfare Society back in the early 2000s. Uh, and then I had Haven Women, which, is, which was my uh, homeless, transitional homeless shelter for female veterans and now veterans villages. So uh, this is not my first charitable rodeo. But the same is true, strangely, on my professional side. Um, I was a translator coming right out of uh, school, out of university, and I worked for a French bank and I was a translator on the currency option exchange. Then my father brought me back into the family business, which was retail, uh, Hallmark stores, which then became Carlton Cards, and we owned, uh, we opened and ran a uh, hundred dollar stores from New York state down to Southern Virginia. So I was in retail, back in retail for another nine years. We sold that company. I got into publishing. I had two uh, magazines, one in Philadelphia called Philadelphia Style and one in Washington, DC. Uh, that company was bought by a national company. And then I went back to real estate. When I say went back to it, I'd always been in commercial real estate with my family company and liked building things and designing things. So I decided to start funding some other developers and then thought, I like to design an apartment. I would like to design how the kitchen is laid out and how the storage space works and make sure that it's practical for single or couples or family living. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So I rehabbed uh, a historic building, which I will never ever do again. It was a lot of brain damage, but it was terrific. Took a historic building and, and really refurbished it to a, an amazing, amazing building and sold that. Um, did single family homes for a minute and built great single family homes and sold those. But then I was introduced to modular construction systems and fell in love with the volumetric sense of how everything is designed, made in a manufacturing plant, brought to the site, pieced together like a giant Lego or Lincoln Logs puzzle. And it's just so seamless and so environmentally friendly. And it just has so many great benefits over site built that I kind of turned in that direction uh, and built several buildings, including Veterans Villages, which was built with modular construction systems. 
it, it really is kind of uh, an amazing story what you have done and accomplished. As you think back to your experience, uh, your first charity was Animal Rescue. Great work, great important work. What brought you, what was the connection with women's veterans that brought you into that community? How did that start? Wow, that's, um, yeah, I often say that I went from sheltering pets to sheltering vets uh, and sheltering animals is an awful lot easier than sheltering humans. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but I was, I've been involved in active military charities and veterans charities for decades. Um, I always felt that it was my service to serve those who serve the country because I did not have the honor or the privilege of wearing our uniform. And I believe, as my father did, that veterans really get a raw deal, especially the enlisted when they separate from service. So I've been in that space for a long time. The female veteran aspect really came uh, out of chance as sometimes you know the universe hands you something that it wants you to do. I was doing some pro bono work for uh, a shelter uh, called the Philadelphia Veterans Comfort House that had gone through a lot of iterations and, um, and they couldn't make it work. I was just an outside kind of pro bono volunteer consultant. Uh, and when they decided to shut down the house for good, they came to me and said, we don't know what to do with it. Maybe you could make something of it. Basically, here are the keys and the deed to the house. Have at it. Again, I went to my dad and said, I'm just stepping off three or four different charity boards. I just don't know if I have the bandwidth. And he said, how much is it going to take to renovate the building and really have it be a nice place for our veterans? And I said about, I don't know, $200,000, $250,000. He said, you could raise that in your sleep take the keys, let's make something good. So I did, um, and it cost a whole lot more than that because once we started to peel the onion, we realized that the place was an absolute disaster. Having said that, while we were in uh, renovations or preparing for renovations, I went to one of our big uh, veteran service organization partners who do amazing work in Philadelphia called Veterans Multi-Service Center. And we were working with them because they handle the movement of all of our veterans in transition in the region and said, what's the need? Is the need for an all-male perimeter? Is the need for a family perimeter? Is the need for all-female perimeter? And they said, oh my goodness, we really have nowhere for our females to go and be safe in an all-female perimeter. Uh, and by that, I mean, for those who you know aren't the dash two form military jargon types out in your audience, is that a lot of our female veterans, <clears throat> one in four in fact, self-report that they have been the, the victims and survivors of military sexual trauma, which is a type of PTSD, uh, but it is military sexual assault is actually what it is. And so a lot of our females uh, who are in transition, who have done self-harm and are ready to rejoin productive civilian life cannot be uh, mentally stable and, and physically stable in an environment that has men. So an all-female perimeter allows for our female veterans to heal from that trauma and feel safe with their sisters while they're making the transition back to productive civilian life. And so the need was there and, and that's what we built it for. We built sort of a sorority of sorts. 
Yeah. We, we are here today with uh, Dana Spain. She is the founder of Veterans Village, a, a, an amazing uh, project to support veterans. Uh, we're going to take a break here for just a minute, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Dana about her superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back. We're excited to be here today with Dana Spain. She is the founder of Veterans Village, uh, an amazing resource for uh, veterans transitioning out of homelessness. And uh, Dana, I've got to say, you are you have accomplished so much. You've done so much. I mean, it's just truly, truly impressive. I think about your career as a developer and and, and so much else that you've done in business your charitable career reaching back more than 20 years with three different uh, significant initiatives with uh, taking care of uh, critters and then taking yeah. care of veterans uh, in two different iterations. It's this amazing, uh, amazing work and amazing career. What is your superpower? Uh, well, Devin, I asked uh, some of my team yesterday on a call what they thought my superpower was. And uh, and since this is a family show, I'm gonna I'm gonna self edit here and say that they said uh, if we had to describe Dana Spain's superpower, it was that she gets stuff done. And by that we mean, and I say we, and when they pointed it out to me, I said, you know, that's exactly right. I see a problem, and instead of the problem being the obstacle, the problem becomes the challenge to find a solution. And so in all of my endeavors, whether that's on the for-profit or nonprofit side, I really look at what is, what's the problem, what's the issue, and how do we resolve that issue? Um, and how am I going to roll up my sleeves and get my hands dirty to be the first one on the front lines to address the issue? I am. Uh, if I have a non-superpower, it's that I, I'm not a follower. I am a very driven leader, sometimes to my own detriment, but I, I just can't be in the pack following. I have a very strong feeling of if I respect the direction that you're going, I will be right there shoulder to shoulder with you fighting the good fight. And if I don't, I'm out. So... Uh, I've, and I think if we asked uh, board 
leaders, directors, chairs, executive directors of the organizations for which I haven't founded and have been board members, they would say, oh, she was a great board member until she wasn't. She raises a ton of money. She has great ideas. She uh, raises awareness and she's a terrible board person because I just can't be in a board meeting where everybody raises a lot of issues and there's not solutions or somebody's reading the PowerPoint presentation to me and there's no accountability and tasks and homework. So my boards run very, very sharp. It's not for everybody, just like I and my personality. I say I'm an acquired taste, kind of like caviar, right? Not everybody likes it um, and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. But what my superpower really is, is to to get in front of an issue and really surround myself with much smarter people than I and people with a myriad of skill sets that I don't possess and create that team that then says, here's the strategy, here's how we're gonna get it done. And we do get it done. Uh, and I would say a caveat to that is also, uh, and I used to do some, some um, teaching at various universities in the Philadelphia area. And the professors would hate when I would say this, but I'm not much of a business plan kind of gal because I feel that it really puts you in this box of, okay, well, here's my business plan that's gonna happen in six months, 12 months, 18 months, three years. And so I have to stick to that because that's what the plan is. I'm more of a back of a cocktail napkin kind of gal that every six months I have to say, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's scratch that off. Let's, let's go over here. Let's go over there. And especially I would say in our charity endeavors, um, it, it's very organic. You have to be able to reposition on the fly and not be, okay, here's the plan. And this is all we can do because that's the plan. Sometimes really wild ideas fall out of the sky and you say, wow, that sounds crazy, but let's give it a whirl and see what's going to happen. That's yeah. a very long answer to a short question, Devin. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's a great, great answer. But I, I appreciate that that is a really super, superpower. As you think about it, can you give us one quick example quickly of, of how you got something done, a big challenge when other people might not have been able to see a solution? Uh, yeah, in fact, I'm going to, um, if I may, I'm going to give you um, one quick one and then um, and then another quick one. Uh, one is a, a board that I sat on but was not the chair of called the Philadelphia Police Foundation, which, as the name implies, uh, supported our, our first responders uh, in Philadelphia. And I have to tell you, in all honesty, it was one of, I think it was the third or fourth board I had served on, and it was just a bunch of stuff suits coming in for to have a Danish with the commissioner and, you know, be able to say, oh, I serve on the board at cocktail parties, and it just was maddening. And with most boards, uh, there was a handful of, it was, the board was like 40 people big, which is already a disaster. I think five of us were the doers. And one of the things was that the police commissioner, uh, Charles Ramsey, an awesome, awesome man, would come to us in the quarterly meetings and say, this is what my officers need, whether it's training or uh, new Kevlar vests or uh, canine training or whatever it was at the time. And he came to us at one point and said, we need to bring back the mounted police. It's really important that the mounted police come back because of crowd control and they really just serve a myriad of, 
of options and it's a way for us to also commune in disenfranchised neighborhoods because kids like the horse and and our officers can go in and actually sort of make friends in the community and he had a million reasons why and one guy on the board raises his hand and says oh, that's a 10 million dollar proposition we're never going to be able to raise that money that's silly <laughs> and the doers on the board said watch us and we did we raised money we did events that the foundation had never done before the foundation didn't even have a proper website no social media channels no media kit and we did everything wow. from scratch raised the money uh, a campaign that was started by a fellow board member named peter madden who was in the marketing who still is in the marketing his tagline was pony up for the mounted police and we raised <laughs> all of the money necessary and we brought back the mounted police and they still exist to this day in Philadelphia. Uh, that's great. Well, listen, we, we got to wrap up here very quickly. Uh, tell people how they can learn more about Veterans Village and how they can be helpful to you quickly. We want everybody to go to our website, Veterans Villages, that's plural with an S, dot O-R-G, veteransvillages.org. Get involved. Whether you have land, passion, volition, ready to write a check, we welcome you to our cause to house our heroes. It's very important. Please contact us. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in the great work that you're doing to support our veterans. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. All righty, let's do some good.